This episode is sponsored by MyDoll. MyDoll, the number one period pain brand, provides multi-symptom relief of period symptoms with MyDoll Complete. Beyond pain, including bloating, fatigue, water weight gain, period cramps, backache, muscle aches, and headache. MyDoll recently relaunched with a new look, but it's the same powerful product you know and trust. Now you don't have to just survive your monthly period. You can get back to being yourself by relieving period symptoms with MyDoll Complete, powerful multi-symptom period relief from MyDoll. Don't just survive your monthly period. Learn how to live life empowered by following MyDoll on Instagram. For 20% off MyDoll, use the code 20MYDOLL20 at checkout on Amazon.com. Offer expires November 28th, 2020. Betches Media presents... I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. Diet starts tomorrow. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman... Joey does a shampoo! And Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Hello, welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. I'm Sammy. And today on our bonus episode, we are joined by Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a practicing gynecologist in Westchester County, New York. She provides care to women of all ages and has delivered thousands of babies. She also co-authored three books and has been voted top doctor in New York Magazine. Dr. Dweck, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being with us. Today, we want to talk about the all-important topic of periods and quarantine and our cycles and how they might have been affected by you know, recent events and the ensuing stress from that. Um, and then also, you know, I know quite a few people who, and you know, Aileen, you definitely do too, who have thought about you know, conceiving or how this might affect their future plan for children um, in quarantine. So, and just kind of in this new phase we're in. So we'd love to talk also about, you know, fertility and, you know, how to deal with that, with that sort of thing, you know, and knowing if it's a habitual issue or, um, maybe like a hormonal issue. So we have a lot to talk about today. Great. Well, this is uh, my favorite subject. And frankly, I am seeing people in my office day in and day out, with changes in their cycles because of changes in their general stress and routines that have come along with quarantine. And thankfully, here in the New York area, we are uh, emerging from that. So uh, we'll see what happens with menstrual cycles after that time. Yeah, and I'm sure also it's like people changing who they're living with too and like changing up their routine in, in that respect. So I know, I, I remember from camp at least that my cycle <laughs> changed with all the girls in my bunk. So I'm sure that that also affected things. Oh, 100%. So look, living in a different arrangement and environment can absolutely change your cycle. We also know that stress, like severe stress, I don't mean stress like, oh, I have an exam tomorrow, my period's going to be different, but significant stress, like a loss or going off to college. And I would have to say that living through a pandemic that none of us have ever experienced in our lifetimes should surely qualify as stress of that level. The other thing that occurs during this time is that our diet habits are changing, Our exercise habits are changing. Our stress levels are off the chart. So things are different. And remember where we are, uh, we are what we eat and we are what we do in terms of activity. So our periods are going to change as well. So in terms of like things that people might have experienced, um, changes they might have noticed that they might have been worried about, or maybe they were, you know, just sort of like 
winging it because it, it was hard to see doctors for a while. Yeah. Um, what are some some symptoms or changes that people could have experienced or that you have seen? So this is my anecdotal reports because we're now seeing pe people back in the office again. But prior to that, we were seeing patients via telehealth, which is a whole other subject, but you know, we could really ascertain uh, menstrual habits during those visits as well. Women are noticing skipped periods. They're noticing their periods are shorter or longer, heavier or lighter, or just irregular for what they're used to. So bottom line is they're just not the same as what was normal for them before this level of stress. The other thing are some of the PMS type symptoms that people are experiencing are different. And this is what I'd like to suggest really has an awful lot to do with diet and exercise because granted, you know, when you move home from living on your own in Manhattan, let's say, and now you're living in your parents' basement waiting for things to clear on the health front, your diet's going to be different. You may be eating more comfort foods, which have more salt or more sugar or just more volume and calories. Your exercise habits have changed because the gyms are closed. So these things all have an impact on your period and the symptoms that you have beforehand and during. So what, so what about like symptoms, like psychological symptoms? Because I know I've felt that more extremely um, in quarantine, just when I know that I'm nearing the end of my birth control pack, like I feel like just like just just like brain fog, basically, um, and just kind of sadder. <laughs> is that is that could that be due to this time? Oh, no question. Look, I mean, some people with underlying depression or anxiety have noticed a heightening of their symptoms, and hopefully they are still receiving the necessary assistance with therapy or mindfulness exercise or medication. But I think people who never even had an underlying, uh, you know, mental health concern are dealing with stress levels that we've never known before. Um, but I, I really equate this to stress that may go on in, in other instances. So for example, when young women go off to college for the first time, and hopefully that will still be the case now this fall as we're coming up on it, women lose their periods because of stress, because of a change in their habits. And also because of what you brought up, which were, uh, you know, different roommates and stuff like that. Um, other huge stressors that do this would be like a significant loss or uh, some sort of excessive weight loss or diet change. Those things can also change the menstrual cycle. It behooves us to look for medical issues to make sure we're not missing something bigger like a thyroid abnormality or something along that line. But um, stress definitely can interfere with the flow. How important is it that in a time like this that women try to keep their cycles regular or, you know, is it, is it kind of okay to have an irregular cycle? Like I'll just say for myself, like I have a highly regular cycle pandemic and not. So to it, there was really no noticeable change. Um, but I never really like tried to do things to keep it regular. Do you think that that's like necessary? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, look, the only real things you can do to regulate your cycle would be to inter intervene with like birth control pills or something. Oh, well, I'm a, I'm on birth control and it's still oh. like a roller coaster every month. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. So again, I hate to give medical advice, oh, you yeah. know, 
it's so generalized, but I think it's important to check other hormone levels to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that you're getting uh, a reasonable diet to look into your exercise programs to try to do stuff to minimize or moderate or manage your stress. So I'm a big fan of some of the apps out there, which you could do for 10 minutes a day, like Headspace or Calm, just to clear your head. And that's a great way to start the day, especially when you're starting your day in the world of a pandemic, um, just to keep the stress level low. But, you know, the things that have really come to my attention in my office are some of the PMS symptoms, the bloating, the water weight gain, the, uh, the cramps. And I think some of this is directly related to lifestyle habits that have changed because after all, if you're not going to the gym five times a week and you're trying to make it up by walking privately on a little path with a mask on, it's not going to be quite as effective as a good gym workout. That's going to lend to some more water weight, weight retention and uh, stuff of that nature. Again, we talked about diet and changes that people are experiencing because of a pandemic and living in a different situation and maybe doing all order in and less cooking, you name it, it can it can certainly um, intervene and interfere with your cycle. So is it true that with like proper, like balanced, I don't want to say like proper diet, I just want to say like a balanced diet, um, where you're getting all different types of nutrients, maybe some mindfulness exercises to reduce stress and you know, at least like sufficient, some level of exercise that you can actually keep your cycle regular? I think that will help to maintain a regular cycle. Those things will help, but aren't going to correct an irregular cycle due to some sort of a medical issue or some medication that you're taking, which might interfere with your flow. So then what are some ways to combat these, these symptoms, especially since they're like heightened right now? Yeah. Um, great, great question. So first, we've talked about some lifestyle changes that can uh, can help. Uh, second would be to be prepared, because I think what really gets to women is the surprise factor that often comes about with some of these PMS symptoms. And you know, no matter how many periods people have, and no matter how many years they may have gone through their uh, menstrual cycles, it is amazing how shocking it still is that people will look back three days and say, oh my God, no wonder I was acting so crazy. I was getting ready to get my period and it didn't really click that that's what was going on. So I think that is, uh, you know, the anticipation of what's about to come is super important. Um, you know, we're lucky now because we have so many menstrual apps that people really will follow their cycles with. And so they can set up a little ding dong on their phone to remind them, alert, in a few days, you're going to feel like you're going nuts when really it's your hormones are going a little, uh, a little crazy right now and you're about to get your period. And at least that preparation can be um, something that we can count on. So we can take action beforehand. You know, that's so funny. The surprise is so true. And I, and every month it's the same. Even this month, I can account for like three days ago, I was just like, oh, no wonder I didn't want to get off the couch. <laughs> like, no wonder I felt so tired. And I was like, oh, it must be the weather. It must be. And then I was like, why, why can't I just remember? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that really hits a lot of people uh, because the surprise factor just keeps on coming once a month for most people for many, many years. So what can you do when you get that little reminder from your app or yeah. from your phone that these symptoms are about to come on? Well, number one, 
think about your diet. You know, we all would reach for the super salty, the high sugar, the comfort foods that we all crave at that time of the month. And we almost have to make a conscious decision to try to moderate or minimize. I, you know, I hate to say avoid altogether because it's like next to impossible not to have ice cream or whatever. Um, but that, that will help you to feel a little bit better. Think about one of the hormones that rises towards the end of your cycle right before your period called progesterone. That alters your intestinal motility. So it could make you more constipated or it could make your stools a little bit different. And so moderating your diet and in, in making sure you have some fiber and trying to eliminate a ton of salt is going to help with those symptoms. And if you can do it a couple of days in advance, you'll be in better shape than if you wait until you're miserable. Cramps. Cramps are probably the most common symptom that women experience, both as their period is getting ready to come, but during. And treatment of cramps is super important. Exercise has been shown over and over to help with cramps. So regular exercise will help, especially beforehand. A heating pad is very helpful or a hot bath or hot water bottle, whatever you turn to, to apply some heat to where the uh, cramping is occurring. And then I often recommend an over-the-counter remedy like Midol, which will address a lot of these symptoms all at once. So you don't have to have this whole big collection and a big medicine cabinet full of individual uh, products to manage all symptoms. Uh, water weight, we talked about a little bit. So avoiding salt and then increasing your fluids, very helpful. Thinking about what you said about exercise, helping with cramps, because the last thing you want to do when you have cramps is exercise. Is there a particular type of exercise that you think is best, you know, since getting in like a, a lot of cardio might not be the best feeling at that time? Yeah. Well, I think this is where the advanced notice comes in helpful. So if you can beef up your cardio before you um, start to have your cramps, that would be best. Um, but look, you know, anything is better than nothing. So whether you're a runner, maybe you want to do a light jog or a walk. If you like spinning, go for it. And you can do that maybe in the comfort of your home if you're lucky enough to have the equipment. Uh, yoga, any, any of those more, um, you know, less cardio-related exercises, but things that are still going to get the blood flowing and the muscles massaged and your, your brain in a good, uh, in a good place for uh, cramps and menstrual symptoms. Can you explain why it happens so far in advance of your actual period and why that varies? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this has to do with the hormonal fluctuation that occurs naturally in the menstrual cycle. So, you know, to put it in a quick nutshell, uh, in the middle of the cycle, when you ovulate, your estrogen levels rise and your progesterone levels will rise shortly thereafter. If you don't get pregnant, those hormones then precipitously drop and then you get your period. So those things have something to do with a lot of the symptoms that people are feeling. In addition, we talked about progesterone and how it alters your intestinal motility. That's going to give you some of the just the general bloating and misery and change in bowel habits that may occur before your period. And then, of course, the lifestyle habits and changes that occur right before the period uh, will influence. Lastly, prostaglandins are, in, are secreted once you get your period, and these can... Um, 
you know, cause uh, discomfort and cramps in the uterus. And that's part of the, uh, of the discomfort as well. Got it. That makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> We're always just our, our bodies are constantly in a flux really state is. of hormones. <laughs> so listen, some women who really do poorly uh, premenstrually or during their periods, and of course, this is a very individual, will do very well with birth control pills because most of the combination birth control pills have the following mechanism of action. They work by preventing ovulation. So they keep your hormone levels pretty steady throughout the month and those massive fluctuations uh, don't occur. So for some women, their premenstrual symptoms are uh, benefited from the pill as well as other things. Got it. It always feels like there's sort of like a normal like way that women are expected to like get their period. Like the 28 day cycle is like what's always cited. Is there a such thing as like a normal period? Yeah, I really like that question because probably one of the biggest concerns I get in my office is, oh my God, is this normal? Is my period normal? My friend's period lasts four days, but mine is seven days. Is this normal? So, you know, I think what's normal is what's normal for you. So most women know their bodies pretty well and they keep track, whether it's on a traditional calendar or on an app or just in their heads. And what's normal for you is what's typically normal and something that changes and is persistent or repetitive or worsening in terms of like the heaviness of your flow or the length of it or the regularity might deserve a look-see by your gynecologist to see if something else is going on. In fact, um, you know, the ACOG, the American College of OBGYNs, actually looks as your period as almost like a vital sign, like a window into your health. Because if something changes significantly, it might be a sign that something else is going on that needs to be uh, really looked at, diagnosed, and worked up. So what are the qualities of a average or typical cycle that you see? Yeah. So, you know, even though there's no quote unquote normal, there are average and typical habits for people. So cycles are usually once a month. But what does that really mean? That means anything from 21 to 35 days from day one of your cycle to day one of your next cycle is a typical uh, cycle length. In terms of flow, we usually see about a week or less. Uh, again, there's a little bit of individual variation. And in terms of the heaviness, most women get accustomed to changing a tampon or a pad or a menstrual cup, uh, depending on what you're using, you know, uh, a particular number of times a day. If you're soaking a soup or something every hour, that's too heavy and you need to go in and get checked out. But most people get accustomed to their flow. So normal is a relative term. What are the start, like what's the starting and stopping marker of the cycle? Yeah, I get asked that a lot, and sometimes it can be tricky. So some women, we will count the first day of their period as their first day of real flow, but mostly it's the first day of blood. So unless you're having like six or seven days of spotting before your actual flow comes about, I would just call day one the first day of some blood, and it uh, gets counted until the first day of your next cycle. Got it. So say you have kind of like this irregular or non-normal, quote unquote, so I don't really like saying that, but period, yeah. how can the apps help you track it? Like for me, I'm on birth control and I don't get my period. So right. is it helpful for me to use an app or anybody else like that? 
Well, listen, it, it depends on the app. Some people use it to just track when they're supposed to get their period. Some people use it to keep track of when to take their pill. But um, other people use an app actually to figure out when they're going to flow, how long they're going to flow for, and what's their normal habits so they can kind of keep a, a little diary. Uh, obviously, many people use it to get pregnant and assist with that or to avoid pregnancy and assist with that. And lots of women are tracking their moods and tracking their temperatures and tracking uh, all kinds of symptoms, you know, dietary changes that might be making their uh, symptoms better or worse. So I think they're pretty valuable for the tech savvy. That makes sense because then it's not really a big surprise and you can like start to see patterns and then you feel like when, and then it can help you feel more normal because then it's your normal rather than compared to everyone else. Yeah. Look, a lot of people even just use their birth control pill pack as their own little app and calendar because they can keep track of what's going on based on where they are in their pack of pills. But look, lots of people are not on pills, so they do rely on an app for, uh, for uh, some some data, if you will, some personal data. You mentioned um, using the fertility app or the period apps to try to get pregnant. Um, what have you seen in terms of women or your patients, um, like either wanting to get pregnant at this time or feeling, you know, kind of resistant to it or worried about it? Um, yeah. And how have you know their sort of their cycles played into that? Those attempts. You know, I think, uh, I think I'm seeing a lot of anxiety surrounding women wanting to be pregnant right now, uh, although we're still seeing people get pregnant. So, um, But there, there's a lot of anxiety about it just because there's so much unknown still regarding COVID and pregnancy. Um, but for the most part, you know, women have plans. They're protecting themselves in the best way that they can. And I think going forward with their plans as they had anticipated. Uh, apps are very helpful for women who really never were keeping track of their periods and knowing when their fertile time was. Um, so I think uh, they've been super helpful that way. And I do want to make one point because I always have to make this point because this is the big surprise in my office. So people come in, their period's a little off, and they're saying, oh, yeah, the stress of this pandemic, it's killing me. I got My period is so messed up. And they're pregnant. So the first thing we think of and the first thing we check for when someone's having a wacko period during this time, especially a missed period, is pregnancy because we would surely look pretty not good if we missed that one. I could see everyone else. I could see after everyone listening to just go and get some pregnancy tests for all fans. Well, you have to check it once. Yeah. So as we kind of get older, how do our periods then change? Do the symptoms change? Is there, you know, uh, different effects on your body? Yeah, look, I think age certainly affects your cycle. Obviously, you know, transitioning into that perimenopausal time, which is usually in your late 30s um, or, or later and on for four to eight or 10 years, your periods may become irregular, they may be longer, they may be shorter, you may skip a couple of periods, your PMS may be worse, but it is awfully hard to tease out the lifestyle changes that go along with age 
and age itself in terms of your period changes. So it's kind of a collection of things that will alter your flow. Women also typically note a change in their periods after they have kids. So after the first kid, they may have a change. After the second, they may have a change. Lots of women, um, you know, uh, anecdotally report that their periods are heavier after they have children. Um, lactation can cause you to lose your period. So there's so many moving parts. Um, age is just one of them. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> okay. So is there some types of foods that you should be trying to eat? I know you said what to avoid, but um, to proactively eat, like sure. knowing that your period is coming. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the fact that some women are losing between 60 and 80 milliliters of blood per cycle, you probably want to focus on replenishing some iron. So green leafy vegetables are always helpful for that. Red meat, if you're into meat, uh, will help to replenish. But then also being mindful of what to avoid so that you don't feel so PMSy before your period. So we talked about sugar and highly salted foods and things of that nature. Are there any foods that might give you more energy? I think, you know, add a protein with all of your snacks so that your uh, insulin and sugar levels stay kind of level throughout the day. Plenty of fluids and uh, that, should, that should be helpful. Okay, that's helpful because sometimes you just forget. <laughs> Your, uh, preparation comes in very handy. Because yes. You can prepare yourself okay in a couple of days. I'm not going to be feeling at my top. Uh, let me prepare right now and try to do your best to uh, keep diet and exercise in control. Yeah, I'd honestly never heard that advice about um, like preparing for your period with your habits. I had really only ever thought about it as like a during kind of thing, but that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to personally try that. Yeah, because you can also like prepare in terms of what you have going on. Like you can maybe make, if you know that you're going to feel a little down or a certain way, you can maybe ha sure. try to schedule differently. Yeah, and I'm going to leave you with, what, with one last uh, fun fact. If you have sex on your period, your cramps will likely uh, be mitigated to some uh, degree because orgasm tends to help with cramps. So so there you go. What a great Some piece helpful of advice. <laughs> advice. Everyone's going to go run with that. <laughs> well, Let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Dweck. And um, if anybody has any uh, questions for you, how can they reach you? Or how can they learn about your books too? Yes. Thank you so much. So my website is drdweck.com. And uh, my, la my last book was called The Complete A to Z for Your V, chock full of info about vaginas and periods and all kinds of fun things. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, guys. So if you have any questions for Dr. Dweck, please email her. You can also email us, dst at betches.com. Follow us at Dysars Tomorrow. Follow us at Aileen at Sammy. And guys, we're always with you through thick and thin. Thank you again to our guest, Mindall partner, Dr. Alyssa Dweck, and to our sponsor, Mindall. Unlike general pain relievers, Mindall Complete has the strength to relieve more of women's period symptoms, including bloating, fatigue, water weight gain, and pain, so women can get back to being and feeling like themselves. 
Midol recently relaunched with a new look, but it's the same powerful product you know and trust. Midol is available in a variety of formulas and SKUs, including Midol Complete, Midol Complete On The Go, which is great for sharing with friends who also have period symptoms, Midol Long-Lasting Relief that can last up to eight hours, and Midol Caffeine-Free. Don't just survive your monthly period. Learn how to live life empowered by following Midol on Instagram. For 20% off Midol, use code 20MIDOL20 at checkout on Amazon.com. Offer expires November 28th, 2020. Betches.